Welcome to another episode of Hitting Pay Dirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number 57, and I'm Alex Beaudry. Back with me, Monday morning, Mr. Brian Klemecki. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, man. How was your Mother's Day? You know what? It was good. It was good. We had all the moms in the house, so my wife, my mom, my wife's mom, made a little brunch, kids got to play. It was good, man. How about you? Ah, man, I got a little work over the weekend and went over to the in-laws and had a little Mother's Day over there, so it was pretty good. Um, got to catch some of the NBA playoff action, got the Bucks win. Uh, so all in all, great weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, more importantly, you're going to game four tonight. Oh, man, game four. Can't wait. Me and Mikey. Prediction. Bucks by four. Bucks by four. What is the spread on that game? I think it's like Bucks minus one, last I looked. So basically a toss-up, right? I yeah. mean, the home team only getting one point. Yeah. Pull up the line here. Bucks are, ooh, according to the ESPN matchup predictor, Boston's going to win 59.2% of the time. Wow. You, Buck, know, I, you are right, though. The Bucks are favored by one. Yeah. I mean, the national media is, I think, kind of skewed towards the uh, Celtics, but... Uh, Bucks can grab a 3-1 lead here going to Boston on Wednesday. I like their odds. you got to try and beat Giannis three straight times. Uh, good luck with that. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, both teams could probably walk away with game three with something to hang their hat on. If you're the Celtics, like Tatum's not going to go four for 20 again. Agreed. Uh, if you're the Bucks, um on the you know, flip side. Lopez didn't do anything. Grayson Allen didn't do anything. Right. Bobby Portis really didn't get it going. Right. Like it was the Giannis and Drew Holiday show. So yeah. some of those supporting actors yep. play better. It'll maybe be get, good. Maybe get a little pump up from the role players. Maybe 35-year-old Al Horford doesn't go for 25, 15, and 5. Yeah. The, the Celtics each game have had somebody, well, other than maybe game one. But like game two, they had Jalen Brown shoot 90%. Yeah. <laughs> Jalen Brown had a good game three, too. I mean, it's just Tatum didn't show up, and uh, Giannis put up 40 and 15 on him. So I think as long as the Bucks can defend the three-point line, yeah, they're going to be okay. Like yeah. game two, it was just driving kick, and they were overhelping so much yeah. that they were getting – Two, like I get they probably want the Celtics to try and beat them from the outside. Yeah. But you can't leave NBA teams that wide open. Right. The odds and percentages are going to catch up to you eventually. Yeah. I think both teams, though. Like if you can't be leaving Grayson Allen wide open or Bobby, mm-hmm. same thing. Yep, same thing. Um, I, too, think the Bucks win. I'm st- <laughs> I feel way less confident about it. Remember, if you remember after game one, I was like Bucks and five. Yeah. Feel way less confident about that after the last two games, but if they win today, it's still <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still, still, it's still, still out there. So yeah. they could close it out in Boston. I'm still going with the traditional Bucks and six. Um, we'll see. I, I love the the whole Bucks and six mantra. <laughs> and it's you get game mantra. six at home, so I love yeah. That I mean, if they win today, you can afford to drop game five. Right. Maybe Chris Middleton makes an appearance game six. Maybe with the travel days and everything. I mean, he's coming up on. You know, let's just close it out in five and uh, save them for Philly. And I got a feeling that Philly Heat series is going to go the distance. Yeah, that's that's what it's looking like. I mean, Embiid's a grown man, uh, and the Heat uh, are dealing with a lot of injuries now. Um, Jimmy Butler's the only guy that can really do anything on that team right now. Uh, Duncan Robinson's not even in the rotation anymore. Um, Kyle Lowry looks like a shell of himself. 
Bam out of bio is trying his hardest, but I mean, James Harden, did you see that game last night? I didn't watch it. Oh, it was like a 2018 James Harden. He was just <laughs> doing step back threes, couldn't miss in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. Um, who would you, it, uh, let's assume the Bucks advance, which yeah. is not a guarantee, but let's assume yeah. they do. Who would you rather see? Philly or Miami? I'd rather see uh, Philly. Uh, I you don't, would rather play Philly. I'd rather play Philly. I mean, I, I think we'll beat both teams kind of easily. Um, but Philly has the James Harden factor, uh, and I, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Uh, he's, you know, 33 years old, go, he's out of shape, or looks like he's out of shape. His hamstring injury from last year I think has never really healed. So I, I'm not too scared of them. Miami on the flip side is that Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, uh, Eric Spolstra trifecta that they can maybe put a game plan to steal a couple games. That's kind of scarier than James Harden. I think Bucks fans have PTSD with the heat from the bubble. Mm, yeah. Because, like, Miami, like, other than Jimmy Butler, really, I mean, Bam's a nice player. Yeah. But, like, they don't have, like, weapons. No, no. They just have a bunch of, like, spot-up guys around Bam and, and Jimmy. And Jimmy's kind of getting older. Like, Philly with Embiid. Embiid could have very easily been the MVP. They just announced Jokic got Jokic, it. Yeah. Jokic got it. Um, but Embiid could have very easily won that. Yeah. Like, they – I mean, that's scary. I mean, he's, I know he's dealing with the face. Yeah. But uh, – I think if – Embiid's a phenomenal player, but Giannis is the trump card in that matchup. So I'm not too – I mean, he's going to get his. He's going to get 30 and 15. But on the flip side, you have to have Giannis um, go against Embiid on the other side of the end uh, – on the other side of the court, I mean. Um, and Giannis can p- easily put up 40 on Embiid. So The thing that scares me about that matchup is then Giannis has to play defense. He he's like one of the best defensive players in the league. Understood. I'm talking about foul trouble. Oh, uh, he's always in foul trouble. Yeah, because he gets three of them on offense, and he gets yeah. another couple. Hey, on man, defense. you gotta love that. It's <laughs> it's a double edged sword. You gotta love that uh, energy he brings to the game. It's just the Bucks are at the point right now where if he gets into foul trouble and has to sit, like they're aft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need to pray to God that Drew Holiday carries you for five <laughs> minutes or seven minute stretches. But oh man, yeah, maybe. All right. Good stuff. Well, I'll be watching. This series has been exciting um, with the Bucks and Celtics. So yeah. we'll see. Hopefully they can go up 3-1 and head to Boston with a chance to close it out. So, all right. On the docket for today, let's talk a little NIL. Sounds good. I've ranted and raved on this <laughs> podcast about NIL because I feel like it's a lot of old men yelling at clouds. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but I did want to talk about that because the NCAA is getting ready to start actually enforcing their rules okay um and you had three conferences over the weekend who kind of had their um like off-season meetings and the conferences themselves are going to start monitoring booster activity um so i just thought we could talk on that but some of the and then we'll uh, we'll close up we're going to do a division by division we got nothing but time now until training camp kicks off in end of july um, so we'll kind of do a division per week, and we'll start with the NFC North since we're most familiar with that, and that's probably where most of our listeners are living anyway. <sighs> so with NIL, you know, name, image, and likeness, the ability for college athletes to make money, I am surprised, I'll admit, at how quickly it's turned from college athletes' ability to make money to it's now a recruiting tool. Um, like, I knew there was going to be some of it, but I've heard from people in the space 
that it's actually if you represent a player who's already on a roster, mm-hmm. it's much harder to get that person an opportunity. Boosters don't want anything to do with it. Boosters want either they the already tra- got them. Yeah, exactly. They want the transfer or yep. they want the high school athlete. Um, so I think that's probably where a lot of the frustration is. That there was an interview on the tight end from South Dakota State. I can't remember his name. Really nice player, NFL type talent. There were power five, allegedly, this is what he said in an interview, so I have no reason to doubt him. He said that power five schools were reaching out to him him with NIL deals to Entice get him me. to transfer, hmm. which is interesting because he's not in the portal. Yeah. So now you could potentially have boosters of big time programs trying to poach guys on FCS or lower division one schools, which now we're starting to get where that's a little like yeah not what this was intended for yeah um so that's that's the extreme that we're now up against that i think i think is going too far but then on the other extreme there was a a coach man i should have been better prepared for this there was a coach who came out and said college athletes shouldn't be making that kind of money (laughs) okay (laughs) like what kind of take is that yeah that's a horrendous take yeah um (laughs) that's a shut up and dribble take oh my god yeah Yeah, uh, it's 2022 man this is the 1960s and but you can make millions Uh, of dollars as a coach eight million dollars to make my 19 year old kid pours you know blood sweat and tears into this yeah man and you know what if anybody wants anybody to blame the ncaa is totally at fault here oh yeah they had two years to figure this out yep and then two weeks before this goes live in like 15 states they just go you know what we're out figure it out and it's up to each individual state. And, like, what did you expect to happen? They refused to even figure it out. They had Congress figure it out for them. And Congress isn't doing anything because it's Congress. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the thing with the NCAA. So now the NCAA is finally, we're almost a year into this. So the NCAA is coming out and saying, okay, we're going to start cracking down on this. They've come out and said, look, we're not going to punish the athlete as long as they cooperate with us. So, hey, let's use uh, – Nico Amaliva, the kid from California who got an $8 million deal to go to Tennessee, as an example. And I don't know the contract, so I'm not. Let's just assume that Tennessee boosters are paying him to attend Tennessee. The one rule that is very clear in all of this, and if you're a high school athlete listening to this, even the NCAA rule, as vague as it is, you cannot be induced to play. They are not doing pay for play. Mm Mm-hmm. That, that rule is being blatantly violated all over the country. There was an, there was an agent for a Miami basketball player that said, if you don't give my guy more money, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure he's transferring. Yeah, just blatantly <laughs> putting it out there. So, you know, that is a no-no. So the NCAA is saying, look, that's what we're going to target here, and we're going to target – but we're not going to target the athlete. We're going to target the boosters um, as long as the athlete cooperates which is interesting. What does that cooperate word mean? Right. Like, do you need to sell out the boosters? What happens if you don't? How are they going to prove it? Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some interesting things here. Um, there's a quote here from an agent, uh, Russell Smith. I'm reading off The Athletic here, who has a good article on all of this, uh, from Encore Ath- Athlete Marketing. That said, he says, I think it's adorable that the NCAA is acting as if they're going to crack down on anything. <laughs> so he doesn't seem too concerned about it. The interesting thing that comes out of this is if they come out and say, look, these boosters violated or this athlete violated, now this athlete's ineligible. Mm-hmm. 
where does this go to court? Because it, it will. Yeah. And depending on what comes out of those court cases, it could be the end of the NCAA. The NCAA has kind of been crumbling from within, um, kind of unforced errors as well, uh, for probably the last decade. Um, I'm pretty sure Mark Emmert stepped down. He did. Yeah. I which mean, was about five years too late. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that was coming. Um, my take on all of this is as soon as you introduced the idea of NIL, it was going to be basically college sports just devolving into only power fives actually mattering and the you know north dakota states just pretty much being left as like division two type schools in my opinion like you're all going to care about is the sec even in basketball sec you know big 10 pac 12 and big east like that's it all those smaller schools you know you go there say you go to illinois state you have a great year as a freshman Illinois, what's to stop Illinois and being like, look, hey, you want 200 grand, come to Illinois. Mm-hmm. What's to stop them from doing that? There's not really anything. No, not right now. Um, again, if they start cracking down on recruiting as a piece of it, and, you know, the safest thing if you're an athlete is to enroll in school and then get your deals. Yeah. Like, that's the safest way to go about it. But <clears throat> you can see the money that's flying around for in recruiting. The thing with NIL, though, is... I do think the North Dakota states of the world, the Jackson states, like some of these schools can get more competitive with NIL if they have the right booster you know, involvement. Those boosters can't compete with Alabama's boosters, man. But look at, here's my counter to that. Look at Tennessee. Now, I know Tennessee is still an SEC school. SEC country, man. I get it. But when, when's the last time Tennessee's been competitive? Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning. Now they have the number three recruit in the 20. 20- Sure. 24 class because of nil yeah so like you know my the thing i've been ragging on this podcast is everybody's like you know if you look at who's complaining about it it's the nick sabans the debo mm-hmm. um the guys that didn't need nil to get the recruits or, that, be, or because they were paying them already. already yeah now that it's a little bit fairer they're the ones complaining because they're not getting the recruits yeah. and you know people are saying oh it's gonna there's not gonna be any parity in college football because you can't compete with alabama's boosters well, so far, we've seen it, and there has also hasn't been parity in years. If you look at the last eight years of the college football playoff, yeah, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Clemson, and Ohio yeah. State have all reached it at least four times. Yeah. Are you a fan of parity, or do you want to see yes. greatness? I want parity. If you can be great within parity, like, like – I'm like, done seeing Cincinnati or BYU or Boise State, man. I'm done. I understand because they're getting their ass kicked in the playoff. Yeah, like forty-five nothing. Come on. But but you know what? So look at look at the look at the teams last year that were in it. So you had Notre Dame that was there. I think they get their ass kicked by Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Baylor gets their ass kicked by Alabama. Oklahoma State gets their. I mean, yeah. The, the thing is, like, we should almost go back to the BCS days where it's just Georgia and Alabama play. I don't. I don't agree with it. <laughs> the BCS that was that was a extremely broken system. But you know what I'm saying because the BCS just... allowed you to have a national championship on the field and a national championship in the poll, and both teams are arguing who's number one. <clears throat> Understood. But what I'm saying is like, what I don't like about college football the way it was in previous years is there's only one or two teams that could realistically win a national championship. Yeah, it's usually like an SEC team and like two much SEC it. teams and maybe Ohio State. Yeah. Make Clemson maybe too. Yeah, yeah. and Clemson yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah. Like I would love to get to the point where these recruits are spread out through NIL where 
yes, are the Alabamas and the Georgias always going to be good? Yes, they have phenomenal coaching. Their recruiting is top notch. Yeah, kids want to go there to win championships. They're always going to be good. But if you can, <clears throat> if you can get Alabama's fifteenth guy to now go to Auburn. Now Auburn's 15th guy is going to go to somewhere else. And you just start to get a little bit better across the board. Okay. My, I'll use college women's college basketball as an example. Oh, diving deep. Well, but if you think about it, right, it's been UConn for years. Sure. Okay. Back to Pat Summit, it was Tennessee. Okay. If they wanted more parity in women's basketball, they would limit the number of scholarships. Right now, you can have, I think it's all 15 spots or scholarship spots because they have to account for Title IX. Okay. If you dropped it to 12, think about the bottom three girls on UConn's team. They're no longer going to UConn because it's no longer a scholarship. Those three girls are probably the best (laughs) outside the top 12 girls, right? You know what I'm saying? Now it starts to cascade down to where the point you can start to get more parity. Flip side of that, though, is... Say you're the eighth girl on that team, right? My counter is that John Calipari back in the day with John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, that Kentucky team, if you were the eighth man in Kentucky and you want to declare as a freshman to the draft, just because you're associated with Kentucky, you're going to get drafted. Daniel Orton got drafted in the first round. No one's ever heard of Daniel Orton. Um, never played really in the NBA whatsoever. Only He only got drafted because he was associated with Kentucky and he was seven feet tall. That's it. So, I mean, if th- th- that's also the flip side of that argument. It is. <clears throat> but, you know, going back to football, I think with NIL, if you can start to get some of these five-star recruits who would have gone to Alabama just because you go play for Saban, it's the same thing, right? If you play for Alabama or Georgia, look at Georgia's defense. They had, what, eight guys get drafted this year? Okay. I know, but so So like, now, but if you can pay that guy 50 grand more to go to... Iowa? No. Yes. They're not... No. Why would you do that if you're if say okay just for example say you're Jordan Davis and you know I was like hey after your sophomore year if that transfer portal will will pay you hundred grand to come to farm country uh, if you're Jordan Davis you're like heck no man I'm going to win a national championship I'm going to be a first round pick I'm going to get a ton of TV exposure I'm going to be on TV all the time what is Iowa going to offer me fifty grand yeah but the guy who the 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 Jordan Davis is the Nicobe Deans the guys that are you know, first round. Talent. But you're just yeah. But you're talking about five star recruits. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about. The Jordan Davises, the Nicobe Deans. A better example might be the Jermaine Johnsons. Okay. Right, the guy who's still a five star recruit but is hurting for playing time. All right. Look, you and 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 maybe it's not when they're already freshmen and sophomores, but when they're coming out of high school. You come here, and maybe that price take maybe fifty grand is not enough to move the needle. Maybe it's a hundred grand. Maybe it's five hundred grand. I don't know what that number is, but mm, these boosters okay. are not shy right now about chucking money around. Yeah, but you're talking about SEC boosters now. Let's let's talk about like University of Maryland. You think their boosters are going to be like, hey, hey, uh, Bryce Young, you want two million dollars for an NIL deal? I don't I don't know if they're going to open the pocketbooks with with I, those smaller power five schools i don't know if that's going to happen but i would be and and it's not going to work for every school there's good i mean don't get me wrong there's gonna be winners and losers but right now the current system there's only four teams next year that can win a national championship legitimately i guess if we can spread that out even if it's just in the, in the sec but now you have 10 teams who can win yeah. a national championship it makes the college football playoff that much more exciting like I would love to see the college football playoff go to eight teams, but right now, what the hell's the point? Yeah, because you know, eight versus one, you're gonna get all blown out. All you're doing is giving Alabama an exhibition game before. Yeah, yeah. Before their semifinal game. Yeah, I could see that. 
So, you know, <clears throat> that's where I'd love to see that go. It'll be interesting to see what does come out of this NCAA quote-unquote crackdown because NIL was never intended to be a recruiting tool. In fact, it's explicitly stated that it's not supposed to be a recruiting tool, at least in the sense that you can't offer money to come to school here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, you can't induce. So where does that go? You know, the, the thing with the current system that's going to happen is there's bad agents out there mm -hmm. and bad attorneys that are giving very bad advice. Um, and what's going to happen is you're going to get one of these recruits that gets slammed and they're going to be deemed ineligible. Yeah, I mean, you're dealing with 18-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids, so someone's going to slip up eventually. It's just a matter of time. And these kids, their parents need to vet out who they're working with extremely yeah. carefully. Yeah. There's so much money flying around. And if you think about it. You know, Zion's daddy needs a house type thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's getting kind of. Well, and if you think about it, so the NFLPA limits what agents can make on salaries, right? So I, I can make up to 3% on a player's salary. When you get into marketing and name, image, and likeness, mm -hmm. that number is probably up upwards of twenty percent. Yeah. So now you think about where the money is and where agents are going to devote their attention to. If I can negotiate an eight million dollar deal and get twenty percent out of it, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So you know, be <laughs> that's just careful math. with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've seen some attorneys come out and say that's why you should hire an attorney and. Um, you know, pay an hourly fee, that's fine. But you know what? There's attorneys that'll charge 33% too. Yeah. So just because they're an attorney doesn't mean they're in it for the right reasons either. Yeah, yeah. So what's your take on Jordan Addison getting like proposed uh, $3 million per year per season? So it's torn. So so for people that aren't familiar with it, he's a wide receiver, correct, from Pittsburgh? From Pitt, yep. Yeah, from Pitt. He's a um, projected top 10 pick. And the rumor is that he was going to USC. Now, I've heard on Twitter with sources that I trust, Darren Heitner being the big one, he's like, he's a lawyer based out of Miami. He's big into the NIL space. He represents the Cavender twins and some others. He said this story's not real for a couple different reasons. One, USC doesn't have any uh, collective yet, which a collective is just a group of boosters coming together to pay players. So he doesn't understand where the $3 million is coming from okay. if it is USC. <clears throat> but let's assume that it is. The question then goes back to, again, did he, was he being induced to transfer or was he transferring and now the money is just available? Yeah. And is, is the money, the big question that's going to come out of all of this, right, is like, well, again, Nico Amaliva, the quarterback that's going to Tennessee, what happens if he decides he decommits mm -hmm. and then goes to, Breach Alabama. A, breach a contract type issue there. But, again, you can't induce a player. Like, hit that contract, according to NCAA rules right. and the state of Tennessee, cannot be tied to him playing football at the University of Tennessee. Yeah. It's supposed to be for his name, image, and likeness. So if he yeah. now goes to Alabama, yeah. what, what do those boosters do? Do they try and sue him for breach of contract? Do they yeah. not pay him the money? Yeah. Like that's where this thing is going to get ugly and that's coming. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before that happens. I agree. Totally agree there. So, you know, with Jordan Addison, does he take the money and then does he not go to USC? He's been tied to a couple quote unquote blue blood programs, whatever that means. Um, the kid from are the Jordan Addison has the potential to make $3 million, which is the same as Kenny Pickett this year. Uh, you and I were, I think, <laughs> texting about this. 
we are, if nothing changes, we are a year or two away from players taking a pay cut to play in the NFL. Yep. And what the NCAA should have done is they should have looked at it. They should have known that they were making money for years off these kids' backs. They know they have billions of dollars and resources, you know, off the chain here. They should have just basically went with the NFL and the NBA and said, look, we will be your feeder program, your you know, your minor leagues like baseball. You know, we will sign contracts with these players, you know, basically cap it. Like, hey, every, you know, 18-year-old, you can make 500 grand if you're a five-star or whatever, you know? Yeah. Based off your, like, rookie grading scale or high school grading scale, something. But now if you're just throwing out $8 million a year for a quarterback as a freshman, like, what's, you know, Trayvon Walker might be getting $8 million this year as number one overall pick, and this kid's making as a 19-year-old, you know, backup quarterback maybe? Well, yeah, and if you look at it just from a salary standpoint, every rookie makes the minimum seven hundred five grand. Yeah, every you know the first round picks, they're going to get more signing bonus money. But yeah, yeah. you break it down yeah. average per year. Mm-hmm. I think Walker's getting four for thirty six. Yeah, so twelve a year. Yeah, and like, then it drops down pretty significantly as you go down. So yeah, right. your late first round picks. I think. I think Kenny Pickett's making like two or three million. Mm-hmm. Like year one. Yep. So you're taking a pay cut. If you're like Jordan Addison and you're going to be a top 10 pick, you're looking at taking a pay cut after you leave college. I saw another idea floated out there that the Power 5 schools should break off, get out of the NCAA. I totally agree with that. And then create like a collective bargaining system. Yeah. Because the only way you can get out of these antitrust rules is if it's something that is collectively bargained. Yeah. Um. The thing with that is that the boosters aren't going to like is your top end players are going to take much less money because right now all this money that's flying around, you know, Addison, $3 million, I'm Oliva, $8 million. Some of these other guys, Bryce Young got a million dollars like on July 2nd last year. Yeah. You got to remember there's like your fifth, sixth, seventh offensive linemen who play that are getting zero yep. or $1,000 to go sign autographs at a car dealership. Yeah. Uh, did you see that Texas running back did that deal with Lamborghini Austin? <laughs> so he's getting a Lambo <laughs> to drive around. Hey, I man. mean, so like your top, Get end, your bread. your top end recruits are getting serious cash. Yeah. But, you know, a Division One football program has got 110 guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You divide that pie up, it starts to get a lot smaller. Yeah. But that's probably the only way to make this "quote unquote" fair. Give teams a set, you know, a salary, salary cap. Up. Yeah. Um, you know, do you break it down by star recruit? That would be interesting, right? You, yeah. Okay, you got. I don't know what it. I don't even know how much money these programs make. It's a ton. Yeah. Okay, you got a million dollars to spend on five star recruits. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. Because now Alabama, who gets thirty-five stars a year, they might only get ten because other teams can spend more money per five-star recruit. Yeah. That would be super interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> um, like, hey, Nick Saban, uh, you get to choose only like five out of the 20 that you usually get. Like, that'd be super interesting. What's going to be interesting, too, is does the NCAA go down swinging or do they let this happen? Uh, because think, the big thing here is basketball. Yep. Football, <clears throat> the NCAA doesn't really do much. Yeah. Basketball is where they make all their money with the tournament. Yeah. Are they going to let this slide into men's basketball, the other major profit center of college sports? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a dicey situation. And there's more conferences that are better at football, like mm-hmm. the Big East with Villanova has been solid. Mm-hmm. Um, the Big 12 is competitive with Kansas and some of these other programs. Yeah. Back 12, 
They got some Pac-12, teams like UCLA. UCLA. Yeah, Stanford. Yeah. So it's a little more even in college basketball. Yeah. But does the NCAA let this slide into basketball? Because football, if it breaks off, is that hurts but doesn't kill them. If basketball s- splits, yeah, the NCAA is dead. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I mean, I'm a proponent of let the NCAA die. Yeah, I haven't been a fan of theirs for yeah. many years. And they, like you said, they did this to themselves. Where you're cracking down on guys getting a free hamburger or a ride to class. Yeah. Like public opinion just... Free tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> or they're turning in their own memorabilia yeah. for... or. Or the athletes up until last year couldn't even have a job. Yep. You couldn't work 20 hours a week at the union mm-hmm. to pay bills. You couldn't make 18 bucks at a car wash. <laughs> That's insane. Like, yeah. Uh, how are these guys supposed to eat? Yeah. It, especially since a lot of these athletes are coming from, mm-hmm. you know, poor neighborhoods and things like that. It's it's all fascinating. Yeah. I'm rude for the salary cap system. Well, hopefully that makes us way into the NCAA. Would that would make it more fair? That's for sure. Um, I don't know. There's no easy answers, and the answer is not to go back to how it was a year ago because that's not going to fly. Nope. There's too much money flying around. Mm-hmm. You let this genie out of the lamp. Yeah. You're not getting it back in. I wish they could just you know, power fives just figure their out figure their stuff out here. If you have to restructure your conferences, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC, you know, restructure it if you want, like, two or three conferences, whatever, you know, like a East versus West, whatever. I don't care what you got to do, but just, you know, get your 30, 40 top power five schools and just figure it out, hash it out, make it work. And then, I mean, it sucks for the Illinois states and the Northwest Nevada states, whatever, but you were never competing for national championships. No one was really na- on a national scale. No one really gave a you know gave a crap about you whatsoever. Yeah, your local community, great, whatever. If you want to you know go there as a kid from uh, from your local community, that's fine. But nationally, where the money is, that's what I want to see. I want to see uh, greatness. I want to see teams compete. I want to see good teams on the field, a good product. And I think if you can um, kind of make this salary cap situation and just get all the teams on board and collect collectively bargain um, with all your power five schools to make this happen. That's where I'm, that's what I'm for. <clears throat> it would certainly cut down on the, what I call playing bye weeks where, you know, Alabama's playing. Yeah. I don't want to see Austin P man. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yes. Yeah, uh, Badgers versus Austin P 70 to nothing. Like, yeah. and then like uh, the thing I hate about that is that at, at the end of the year, you're like, Oh, you know, Jonathan Taylor for the Heisman had 2,500 rushing yards and 25 touchdowns. Like, yeah, week two, he we played Austin P. He had uh, eight touchdowns and 400 <laughs> rushing yards. So can we just axe that off of the the total statistics there? Like, come on. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I have <laughs> eight yards of carry versus Jackson State. Like, <laughs> all right, man. Like, Good for you. Great. It's um, This isn't going away. This news is only picking up. There's, Like I said, there's way too much money. We'll see what the NCAA does. We'll see if they get sued. Um, I don't think the NCAA wants another lawsuit, and that's why <laughs> I think they're going to target boosters as opposed to players, but yeah. do you think boosters are going to go down quietly? If anything, they're Heck the ones no. with the money. Yeah. <sighs> I, I saw know, a man. thing where they're trying to funnel, uh, funnel all their funds through like a charity, and the charity kind of disperses it, and that's how they're 
basically doing a third party uh, payment dispersal to players. I think uh, Ohio State started that. So yeah. I think uh, a lot of teams could go to that method of having a third party involved instead of directly from boosters to players. Well, and right now, all these collectives are claiming nonprofit status. So they're getting oh, huge yeah, don't tax want to be taxed. breaks. Don't well, want to be taxed. And, and if you think about it, they're not in a profit center. Mm-hmm. They're not making any money. They're, in fact, spending a shit ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is all fascinating and sketchy as, as well. <laughs> the, the, I will say the only good thing is, I, as sketchy as it is, at least it's in the open. Oh, yeah. This yeah, has yeah. been going on for decades. Yeah, since the you know, 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. So. SMU. Yeah, SMU. I mean, mm-hmm. think about Reggie Bush at USC. Yeah. Like Pete Carroll smelled that from a mile away. He's like, I got to get back to the pros. He did. He bailed on USC <laughs> with a quickness, man. Yep. Looked around. was like, yeah, Taylor Mays, uh, Mark Sanchez, uh, bye. I'm yep. out. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> exactly. So at least this stuff's out in the open. And again, if you're an athlete. I hope the athletes get their money. That's what I'm for. The kids yes. get their money. You're on the field. You're doing putting in the work. You're risking your body. Yeah. Um, like, okay. let's, let's get off our moral high ground and say student athlete. Like, no. Yeah, a lot of these guys are here for one reason and one reason only, and that's to play football or basketball and get to the NBA or get to the NFL. Yeah, and like, yes, should a lot of them focus on their degrees? Yes, because one percent of these kids are going to make it to the NFL, and then even if you make it, like your career is probably less than four years on average. Right. So yes, you should get your degree, but like, let's stop pretending. Like it's easy yeah. for the schools to sit there and like the Big Ten's got a billion dollar contract with Fox this year. Yeah. And then yet we're going to like say that all the athletes, well, they get a scholarship that's good enough. Like, come on. Yeah. And who do you think's pulling the money in for these these places? You know, you think Wisconsin Badger ba- uh, basketball and football is going to be pulling the money in to help fund the, you know, women's lacrosse team? Like, yeah, they're funding every other sports, um, you know, sports organization within um, that Division One school. Um, they're making money to help build libraries, everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, these kids are are making money for these these programs. So, let these kids get their money they deserve. You know, if I was an institution like the University of Wisconsin, I wouldn't be so quick to crack down on our boosters. <laughs> because think about it. Right now, you are still collecting all the profit. Yeah, you're getting all the TV revenue. You're getting all the ticket revenue. All this stuff. And your boosters are paying your quote unquote salaries for you. Yeah. It goes to a collectively bargain system. Yeah. Now you're responsible to pay that money. Yeah. That's coming out of your bottom line. Yeah. Um, now again, you could probably still get booster involvement and, you know, fundraise for that, but that's a right. little bit different than right now where you're not paying a dime. Yep. I agree. So, you know, let's not if I was the university, I wouldn't be so quick to, you know, shoot ourselves in the foot and go after our own boosters. Yep. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. That's something that I'll probably continue to talk about. And as I get more informed, I'll share it with the audience. But it's not going away. All right, let's talk a little. Let's shift gears. Let's go to the NFL. We'll talk a little NFC North action. So we're two weeks post-draft. A lot of teams getting ready for their weekend of rookie minicamp coming up. Where do you want to start in the old NFC North? You want to start with Lambeau? Sure. What do you got? So what's your take on Aaron Rodgers? Do you think he, you think he wins MVP for a third straight year? No. What's the what's the roadblock in the way? I think they're going to win games. 
very differently than they've won games in the past. Okay. I think, I well, <laughs> it's so tough because I think they've always wanted to rely more on the run, yeah. but I think Rodgers always checks at the line. Like, I would be curious from a statistical standpoint how many times they had first and goal inside the three and they threw the football. Uh, 95%? I'd say 75% probably. It's super frustrating. But you, yeah. <laughs> you have A.J. Dillon who's 240 pounds, the yeah. quad master. Yeah. And they never run it on first and goal from the one. Right. Right. It's insane. Like, you have three downs to do this. Just burn one of them just trying to run the ball into the end zone. You go up the zero hole or the one hole. Those mm-hmm. are your two options on first and goal <laughs> from the one. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> it's three feet. Yeah. So, you know, do they rely on that more? <clears throat> I think they should. Yeah. I think that's held them back in the playoffs. Like, when it's – assuming they get home field advantage or a home playoff game, when it's January in Lambeau, you can't throw the ball 45 times and expect to win. Right. And I think that's kind of what they're shifting to is more of a ground and pound with the Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon uh, tandem, good offensive line, great defense. Like, you know, the old Packers, you know, 10 years ago, they were built uh, high-flying offense, you know, throw the ball over the yard type offense. And then you get in the cold months and it's, you know, the offense kind of fizzles out. Um, but going back to my original point, Aaron Rodgers, I see no reason why with their light schedule this year, why they can't win 12 games and he might be in the running you know if you're 12 and 5 13 and 4 like he'll be probably in the running because they're winning so much and if his passer rating is like around 100 which he usually is you know if he puts up like say he puts up like three touchdowns a game so 41 touchdowns yeah you don't think he can put up like three touchdowns a game and He, he won't throw picks he never throws picks he's too scared to throw the ball into double coverage Yep, he he'll never turn it over. So yeah, could he get forty touchdowns and seven interceptions? Yeah, certainly could. I, I got to admit, I don't know what these rookie wide receivers are going to look like. Yeah, like how quickly can they get up to speed? I followed a little bit. I guess the um, Dubs from Nevada had a really good rookie mini camp. Yeah, kind of outshined Christian Watson a little bit. It, now again, these guys are in shorts. Yeah, it was two days. So like, yeah. let's not yeah read into this and. By the way, Rodgers wasn't there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, how quickly can Watson get up to speed? How quickly can go- Dubs get up to speed? You know, what does Tunyon look like after the ACL? I think Tunyon's a big X factor. Him or If, if he can, can get back to being like what he was two years ago, that's going to be a huge boost to their offense. Or can the kid from Cincinnati take a big step forward? A DeGuara. DeGuara, yeah. yeah. Um, because now he's going into his – third year I him believe. and dylan are the same third year so <clears throat> you know can he take a big step forward because you know <clears throat> you look at their super bowl runs it's always because they had a phenomenal tight end like jermichael finley in 2010 mark chamura uh, back back in the five days like can they get somebody who tanyan when he, he broke out he had 12 touchdowns or whatever now mm-hmm. talk about your stats i think he had one game where he had four of them yeah but you know can you get that big presence over the middle take some pressure off these wide receivers on the outside. I just don't know what this offense is going to look like for me to say like, hmm, yeah. Because, you know, I think Josh Allen might be an MVP favorite right now yeah. with Diggs. They have they brought in some help at the running back position. Uh, Mahomes is always going to be in that conversation. Brady isn't going anywhere. Yeah. I was looking at the odds uh, this past weekend about uh, like NFL futures, um, MVP 
odds. Like Mahomes was favored at like plus seven fifty, mm-hmm. and then like Allen Brady and Rodgers were all plus eight hundred. So he's like right tied there. for a second. So I just thought that was super interesting. Of like even with the loss of Devontae Adams and everyone is clamoring for like giving him weapons, he's still like top four MVP candidate. I also would not be surprised if we see a young guy win MVP, Herbert or Burrow. Herbert Burrow, yeah. One of them. Yeah. I mean, if Burrow picks up where he finished the year last year with that chase connection, Herbert's got a ton of weapons. Yeah. I could see either one of those guys winning it. I mean, it's a passing league, and there are some – Yeah. Like the top six, seven quarterbacks are all really good. Yeah. The dark horse. I think the dark horse. Um, if I had to bet right now, was like Russell Wilson at like plus fourteen hundred. I was just gonna say him. I like their receiving core. Yeah. You know Sutton, Patrick. If they pull off a divisional Judy. win out there, if they win that division, he could win it. I mean, yeah. We'll yep. Um. Let me ask you this: True or false? Green Bay has a top five defense. Oof. Uh, I'm going to go true. Uh, I got to dive deeper and look at the rosters a little bit more, but off the top of my head, I feel like Green Bay will have a good defense. I feel like, feel like the Colts will have a good defense. Um, kind of blinking here. I think I think Denver will have a good defense. The Rams. Anyone else you can think off the top of your head? Tampa? Mm, yeah, maybe Tampa. Um Saints will be interesting to watch. I don't think they'll be top five, but you know what does Matthew do on the back end of that defense now? Yeah, he finally signed. By yeah. the way, that's something we haven't talked about yet. I um, think they're definitely in contention for top five. I think definitely top ten. Um, and I think if you give Rodgers a an absolute top ten defense, I think he he gets you yeah, at least thirteen wins. A sleeper defense to watch will be Philly. Philly, I still think, is a little weak on the back half of their defense, but yeah. they have one of the top front sevens. Their front seven's nasty. So if they can put pressure on the quarterback, it takes some pressure off your corners. Yeah. I mean, I still think they could probably have, as good as their draft was, and I did like their draft, I do think they could have maybe addressed corner. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, Do you think Rodgers is still top three quarterback in the league? Statistically or talent? Talent. Yes. Yeah. There's nobody has an arm like him. Mahomes, Allen, Rodgers? Mm, yes. Not Brady. No. Whoa. Brady has never had the elite talent. He is an elite quarterback. He understands the game better than anybody. He's better he is the best at taking what the defense gives you. His pre-snap read. Like Brady is not afraid to dink and dunk his way for 400 yards. Okay. So you're just evaluating based on arm talent. Arm talent. Okay. Pure passing ability. All right. All right. Let's rephrase this question. If you had to win quarterbacks, yeah. If you had to win one game, Tom Brady. Okay. Where's Rogers rank in winning one game? Let's just go through it. Brady. You take Brady. Brady. Josh Allen. No. You take Rogers. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, take Jackson Mahomes out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is Jackson, <laughs> Mahomes, face. is Jackson Mahomes dancing on the sideline? Yeah, is Jackson Mahomes present in the building? Yeah. Um, yes or no? <laughs> ooh, that's a tough one. 
Uh, I think Mahomes. Justin Herbert. No. Joe Burrow. I'm still going to say no. I'm going Joe Burrow. You're going to take Burrow over Rodgers? Uh, I'll be able to better answer that Hot after take. this season. Joe Burrow over uh, over Rodgers. Joe Burrow. I'm, I'm just a one-game scenario. In college and last year has proven he is a winner. Yes. I will give you that. Can he repeat it at the NFL level again? I mean, if he takes – I don't even think he has to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. There's a curse on Super Bowl losers. Most of the time, Super Bowl losers take a giant step back. Yeah. But if he can get Cincinnati in what is going to be a tough division yeah. and he wins a playoff game, I think that is a successful year for him. Yeah. Then I might start to question it. Okay. Okay. Um, also, a big thing that is not talked about with Rodgers is I would much rather have the Packers travel to Dallas in January? Yes. Yeah, me to too. To Tampa. Rodgers is a much better dome slash warm weather quarterback than he is. Agreed. He is not the Brett Favre who never lost a home playoff game or whatever that stupid record right. was that he had. Do you think part of that is because the Packers have been built through the air for the majority of his career? Uh, where January comes and it's you know 10 degrees outside and there's sometimes snow on the ground. Yeah, I mean, look at that playoff game against the 49ers this past year. I mean, it was yeah. cold. It was windy. Yeah, they lost A.J. Dillon, which was a big part of their game plan, like, yeah. immediately. And, and um, Aaron Jones was beat up a lot of the year, so yeah. he probably wasn't – nobody's 100% at that time of the year, but yeah. uh, he really wasn't. I mean, I think back to their playoff run, they be, they beat – in 2010, they beat Philadelphia on the road, which Philly's cold-weather city, but then they yeah. played Atlanta and – where was the NFC Championship game Bears? Here? Bears at home. Oh, that was a cold weather game. Yeah, too, so but they're going against uh, Jay Cutler. So who set out the second half? Yeah, exactly. Um, I just think and that was the ugliest of ugliest wins. It, that was my twenty-first birthday. It was a good day. <laughs> Surprised um, you remember that one. <laughs> I'll never forget that one. <laughs> uh, afterwards, I don't remember too much, but I'll never forget that game. Caleb Haney just couldn't do it for him, man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I don't know. Rogers is still a top five quarterback. I think their defense is going to be legit this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're deep enough finally where even they'll lose a couple guys to injury. It's just you always will. Hopefully it doesn't happen at pass rusher. The yeah. depth that the yeah, pass rusher thin. worries me. Um, but, man, that defense I think could be legit. And if Rodgers is Rodgers and these rookie wide receivers can be good enough, like we don't need – a guy to get 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns. Do you think Christian Watson breaks 1,000? No. Not me neither. And I don't think Dubs does either. No. I I don't – I would be shocked. Well, I shouldn't say that. Do you think there is it, a 1,000-yard receiver on the roster? No. I don't think so either. I think all of them are going to be like, you know, six to 900. Rodgers is going to finally be forced to spread the ball around. Agreed. Which I think is actually going to help this offense. <laughs> yeah, in a weird way. Like the Jordan Love pick in a weird way helped Rodgers. Now, like losing all your receivers is going to help Rodgers just be a better quarterback. Do, I saw a stat. Do you know, like, they're 6 and 0 when Devontae Adams has missed yes, games? Yes, they are. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, they're 6 and 0. And, like, blowout wins. Because Rodgers isn't trying to get Devontae Adams the ball 15 times a game. Yeah. Perfect example. And it's, I will admit, it is extremely easy to armchair quarterback these decisions. But if you look at the last play of that 49ers game, yeah. 
Lazard was wide, wide open. open. Yeah. And instead, Rodgers chucks it deep into double coverage to Adams. Yeah. He was looking one spot and one spot only. Yeah. Do you feel like Rodgers kind of gets in that like uh, like NBA playoff mode? Like your one superstar has to shoot 35, 40 times? Absolutely. Like you only go to your superstars in the playoffs and that's it? Like if you're Alan Lazard, sorry, you get like, you're like the grace now. You, get, you go 0 for 3. If you don't make it, you're out. Like if you don't catch this ball, I'm not looking for you for 60 minutes. Absolutely. I think so too. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why Brady is a better winner. Yeah. Because Brady's going to say, okay. I trust James White. Here yeah. you go. I trust and, Deion Branch. I trust Julian Edelman. And I'm not going to try and force it 17 yeah. yards down the field to my superstar. I'm going to take a three-yard slant, and we're going to get six yards, and we'll have second and four. Totally agree, man. So I think in a weird way this might actually help the offense. Yeah. But I think you're probably going to have like three or four guys all with like 400 to 800 receiving yards. Yeah, I could see that. And like I don't think any wide receiver will probably have more than six or seven touchdowns. Mm, you know, like Lazar could get six touchdowns? More than. More than, okay. So I don't think you're going to have a guy get ten. Uh, yeah, that's going to be hard. I agree. Like, I think Packers wide receivers, other than here in Wisconsin where you get a bunch of homers, like yeah. across the nation, like who's going to be the first fantasy receiver off the board? I think it's just going to be Christian Watson. That's probably about it. From a hype standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And how many people will drop him after week three? Yeah, because he it literally – I mean, rookie wide receivers, especially coming from, you know, FCS, it's going to be tough to, like, establish yourself and be ready game one and put up, you know, eight catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. That's going to be super difficult for him to start out, you know, week one. Um, he, might not get, he might not get it going until, like, you know, November. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely see that scenario playing out. Um, is there anybody on this Packers team that you would – draft highly in fantasy love aj Dillon. uh even with him splitting carries with jones i think uh, i would take him like fourth or fifth round I, f- I feel like not my rb2 but like my like rb3 flex because i feel like he's gonna get a solid week-to-week production. He might get, you know, 10 carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. But if Aaron Jones gets injured, that man will be RB, like, top five. Be getting 25 carries a game. Yeah. He will be an absolute monster. All right, sticking with the fantasy theme, is Aaron Rodgers a top five fantasy quarterback? That's tough. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, too. Herbert, Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Allen, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Russell Wilson. Yeah. I'm going to go no. Just about it safe. Derek Carr? I love DC, man. Over Rodgers from a fantasy standpoint. Ooh. Uh, with, with Adams, yeah. with Waller, Renfro. with Renfro. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, geez, that's tough, man. Because, <laughs> like, your heart says yes, but the mind's like, Derek Carr sucks. Uh, <laughs> I love Derek Carr, but my yeah. mind is saying he sucks. <laughs> but, I mean, okay, he doesn't suck, but he's not Aaron Rodgers' talent. But the the amount of weapons he has, he could definitely be better. He could definitely put up, you know, 5,000 yards passing this year. We'll see. They don't, God, that's difficult. You know what? I'm going to go Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I would seriously consider it. Yeah. Plus, in that division, you're going to be throwing the ball Stafford? a ton. Who's wide receiver two out there now? Allen Robinson. Ooh. 
with Cup. Can Cup repeat what he did last year? I don't see why not. Man. The thing with Stafford is he still throws a ton of picks. That doesn't matter in fantasy. Negative points. You beat me with Jameis Winston <laughs> that's true. one year. That's true. Well, that's <laughs> do we want to talk about that? <laughs> the best part about the, the the best part about the league we're in is you get bonus points for forty yard touchdowns. Yeah. And Jameis Winston either threw a fifty yard touchdown or he threw a pick six. Yeah. There were I think it might have been the week I beat you. He started I had out Patrick the game. Mahomes. He start, and you had Jameis Winston. He started out a game <laughs> where I checked like it's fifteen minutes into the game and yeah. he has negative four points. He's like yeah. one for three with two interceptions. Yeah. But then, you know, he and it finished the game with four touchdowns and three picks. Yeah. I mean as I was say, like interceptions of fantasy don't really matter as much. Um backbreakers in real life fantasy, <laughs> you can yeah, get away whatever. with it. Yeah. Over under twelve wins. Ooh. If we change it to eleven point five, I'd go over. So you're you're packing I'm, them at twelve five? Yeah. I was running through the schedule and there's not much there's not much resistance. I think like the Bills and like I think it was like the Bills and maybe one more team that were like super difficult, but other than that it's like the Eagles, the yeah, I think they get like the NFC East this year. So you get the Giants, uh Eagles, Ooh. Commanders. Yeah. Uh Big Mac. Is he coming to Green Bay? <laughs> well we'll find out in four days, right? They're releasing yeah. the schedule this week. Yep, yep. Those boo birds are going to be so loud at oh Lambeau if McCarthy's got to come back. Those ticket prices are going to be insane. That'll be a Fox afternoon game for sure. It better be, yeah, yeah. No more Troy Aikman though, right? Uh, Troy Aikman and Buck are the new Monday Night Football crew, mm-hmm. which I don't like. I actually liked that ESPN had a crappy crew because I actually preferred Why? the I preferred the Manning, the Manning cast. Yeah. Yeah, but not everyone gets the Manning or watches the Manning cast. Like, I think it's a huge hit, but I don't know if the majority of America is just like I don't like that you have two broadcasts simultaneously. Yeah, I just want one broadcast. Yeah, and make it the Mannings. Yeah, just make I I I would agree. Just make it the Mannings. That was so much fun. It was different. Make it it the make it the Gronk family, and we're in. Yeah, but like that's (laughs) what was cool about the Manning stuff, though, is they would like bring in Gronk. Yeah, they'd bring in current players. They'd bring in former players. They'd bring in college football coaches like yeah. it was way more interesting than just listening to steve levy and whoever else was on there yeah yeah but like, now if you got like aikman and buck, like i know packer fans hate aikman and joe buck but i actually like them as yeah. a crew yeah so i don't know i don't know who's gonna replace them on fox i haven't seen that yet mm, i have no idea um okay anything else on the packers um, no, I think that's about it. Oh, do you think Jair's going to be uh best corner league this year? There might be some trouble in paradise there. Why is that? I think the Packers want to move him inside. Okay. I don't think Jair wants to go inside. What gives you that feeling? <clears throat> I think there's a perception that as a corner, you can make more as an outside corner. Hmm. He's going into his extension years getting close this is year four for him so he's got his fifth year option but this is about the time where an extension's coming and if he's pegged as a quote-unquote slot corner which i don't think is a fair description of him because he's played outside his entire career yeah 
I think the perception around the league is that he is a top-notch elite corner, and you're not going to just like burn 17 games and be like, hey, you were really good for four years, but this last year you moved you inside, you're going to take $10 million discount. Like I don't think that's going to be – like if you do that, you're going to lose him. The <clears throat> the other thing too, when you come in and play the slot, your your importance as a run defender goes up. Yeah, he's not the biggest guy either. So. No, yeah. So do you slide Rasul Douglas inside and keep Alexander outside? You got to keep Stokes on the outside, in my opinion, mm-hmm. just from a speed standpoint. Yeah, these are good problems to have. Don't get me wrong. I just in any component of this, there's ego. I agree. Yeah. I just, I like the thought of Jair Alexander playing the slot because he could be the best slot corner in the game. And you look at what offenses are doing. Like how many times did the Packers put Devontae Adams in the slot? Yeah. They, Cooper you, you, You're still going up against top level most of these, Most of these um, top-notch offenses are starting to put their wide receiver ones in the slot just to get them open. You can go left or right, basically. You mm-hmm. could, your route tree is expanded Im- immensely. Um, so... I think teams are starting to figure that out more and more as the years go on. And so I I like putting my best defender in the slot, if that makes sense. It does. And as long as you, like, tell Jair, like, look, you're still going to get your 5 for 20 per. Yeah. You're still going to get your big contract. But this puts us in the best chance to win. Then I think he's probably okay with it. Yeah. I agree. I think he's going to get Jalen Ramsey money. I think you have to. That's just the way the NFL goes, next man up. But I think he's also – if I think he is the same talent, if not better, like that's one two right there. Like yeah. he's not Corden Rec three. Well, and you're also turning the clock back. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ramsey's what 28, 29? 27. 27. Jair's though twenty five. Yeah, twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. Two years in the NFL is a long time. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. All right. Vikings. What you got for me? Playoffs. No playoffs. No playoffs. So last year they finished eight and nine. They yeah. missed the playoffs by a game. Yeah. Do you think you don't think they'll be above five hundred? I think they'll Are be they? around eight, nine, nine and eight, but I don't think that makes it I don't think that gets them in. Here's here's my hot take. Sure. I think they win ten games. Okay. And I think they make the playoffs as a wild card team. You got faith in Kirk Cousins? I'm a big Kirk Cousins fan. I'm an even bigger Justin Jefferson fan. Oh, yeah, Jettis is amazing. And he makes Cousins look even better. He could be wide receiver one this year in fantasy, Jettis. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to upset, upset Jamar Chase. Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Jettis, that's why Adams. I, that's why, like, Cooper Cup's going to have to put up 1,700 yards again to be, like, wide receiver one. Yeah. Like, that, Yeah, there's some talent. There's yeah. some real there's talent. There's some talent. I mean, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but, I mean – Jet is so nice, man. There's a, his route running skills is just just amazing. Like he might be the best route runner in the league besides Cooper Cup. Um, definitely a top five wide receiver in the league. If I had to put a bet down right now, I don't know the odds, but um, I would I would put a bet on Jet as being wide receiver one in fantasy. The only thing that scares me about the Vikings is they needed to really overhaul. That defense, I think that defense is getting old, and they had a, in my opinion, and we'll find out in three years. Yeah, but they had a bizarre draft. Yeah, trading inside your division twice. Yeah, not getting a lot for those picks. Yeah, 
And if you ask me right now, who did they draft? I don't think I could tell you. Oh, yeah, Lewis Senior, boy. That's right. <laughs> at, at 32. That's right. <laughs> that's right, right after uh, yeah. Daxon Hill. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I do remember that. Yeah, Andrew Booth in the second round. And then after that. I so, I mean, they did address those positions, but like Anthony Barr is gone. Mm-hmm. That D. I mean, is getting older. Daniil Hunter. Yeah. Everson Griffin's getting older, and he has some mental issues going on. Yeah, there. he's another guy who left, right? Yeah. In the middle of this season. Yeah. Um, you also banked on Dalvin Cook staying healthy for 17 games. Well, and what's that offensive line look like? Yeah, you got a got a a decent offensive line if they play up to their draft status. Like Christian Darrisaw was a first round pick, not this year but last year. Maybe he takes a little leap, but they need help there. Kirk Cousins is still your quarterback. You got faith in Kirk? I love Kirk. Oh my god, dude! Kirk is like just solid, steady Eddie. Gun to your head, Kirk or Derek Carr? I I like Derek Carr's circumstances better. Uh, okay, Derek Carr on the Vikings. Who wins more games? Kirk Cousins. Oh my god! <laughs> Why? Okay, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. First of all, they are like the same quarterback, so I feel like we're splitting hairs here. Derek Carr, uh, one of his wide receivers killed somebody and is going to jail. Uh, he <laughs> lost his head coach mid-season and still made the playoffs. He did, and his defense like has like Corey Littleton and God knows what else. Max, maybe Max Crosby, but that's it's it's not like Minnesota is like swimming in talent. Well, they got Dalvin Cook and Jettas. I mean, yeah. Kirk Cousins is like can't get into, but can't, you, you can't get to the playoffs with that. You bring up defenses. Minnesota's defense is all right. Harrison still. Smith's getting up there. Yeah. Again, Anthony Barr is no longer on a NFL team. Yeah. And those were like their two main guys on defense. You got Eric Kendrick still. Um, Daniel Hunter. Oh, he he missed a ton yeah, of time last year. He didn't really last play year. last year. <clears throat> All right. Tannehill or Kirk? Kirk. All right. I, I can get by. <laughs> After we trashed Tannehill last week. Um, Kirk or Wentz? Kirk. Okay. Um, How, speaking of the commanders, like – they're kicking themselves for how they handled the Kirk Cousins situation, right? Of all the quarterbacks they've had since he's left, they would have much rather had Kirk Cousins. Looking back on it, I mean, yeah, Kirk Cousins would have won them 10 games, whatever. But you're not going anywhere with Kirk Cousins. So I get You're not the, going anywhere with Ryan Fitzpatrick either. I, yeah, I know. Like, okay, I'm Taylor okay. Heine. I'm okay with not paying Kirk Cousins $40 million four years ago. Can't do that. And just the thought of maybe moving on for – from Kirk Cousins to any other option, hopefully they turn out better than Kirk Cousins. I'm okay with that in the moment. But looking back on it, and you're like, yeah, you had Dwayne Haskins, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, now the corpse of Carson Wentz. Taylor Heineke. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not a great situation there. Uh, Kirk Cousins obviously <laughs> That's better. That's the understatement of the year. <laughs> <laughs> not great. Um, but – I. I I wouldn't have handed Kirk Cousins a you know five year max deal in you know twenty seventeen or whatever it was. So Kirk Cousins is thirty four, or he will be thirty four in a couple months. What does Kirk accomplish in the league? I mean, he's got his money, but like he's made what? He's won one playoff game. Um, 
and you're going to pay $40 million. I mean, I'm, I'm okay moving off of Kirk Cousins. Granted, they crashed and burned after that, which, hey, you win some, you lose some. I know you're not a big stat guy because you're a, like overall big picture guy. Yeah. He's, since 2015, he's only missed one game. So he's durable. He has thrown for 4,000 yards in every season but one. He's thrown at least 25 touchdowns in every season. Yeah, he's and consistently he's, above average. Yeah, and he's only had 13 picks twice as the most. So he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He's going to throw for 4,000 yards. But he can't win big games. Yeah, most of the guys in the league can't. Yeah, but I'm not paying – like. I'm I'm not trashing the commanders for not paying a guy that can't win big games. So he's made he's kind of making right now he's got thirty one million dollar cap hit. He's always been like thirty three to thirty five million dollars, which I think is right for an above average quarterback. These days, not yes. five years ago. Dude, the Vikings sent him what, three for eighty five? Fully guaranteed. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, that's less not, than thirty million per year. Now, yeah, he's thirty-four years old and can't win a big game and won one playoff game. Yeah, I'm not giving him forty million. So if you're getting, you know, thirty million, I'm okay with that. But I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is the man. He signed a one-year extension. I think Kirk Cousins is like the same tier as like the Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he's slightly better than those guys, but I don't think he's like all-world. No, he's not a pro bowler or an all-pro, certainly not an all-pro. So he signed an extension through next year. Let me ask you this. After this season, does he get extended into future years? Or does Minnesota move on? Or I'm, or start the process to move on? If it was me, I would have tried to move on. I mean, well, next draft class is phenomenal, so I would try and move on. I don't know if they will because well, he's fully guaranteed, right? Yep. So he, next, he's he'll be the starting quarterback next year. Yeah. So in twenty twenty three. But do you draft a guy for the future next year, or do they extend him again? He'll be thirty five. Uh, I don't know if you extend him. I think you just let him play it out and you give him this three years here. Hmm. Because he'll be what he'll be thirty five, and he's got maybe at right now he's got one playoff win, I believe. If he's if he's a thirty five year old quarterback and he only has one playoff win still, and you're staring down the barrel at forty million guaranteed for you know three more years, a year, are you doing that? You could do a lot worse. And by the way, by the way, you're probably paying Jetta's like thirty five million years on top of it. Yeah, that's gonna be the tricky part, right? Yeah. Career earnings. For <laughs> Kirk Cousins, his agent, by the way, phenomenal. Priority Sports Entertainment, like amazing. By the time his current contract is up at at the end of twenty twenty three, he will have made two hundred thirty one million dollars in his career. Hey man, that's a nice little retirement fund <coughs> for sure. For sure. Um. So, bias out of it. Since you think they make playoffs, do you think they have a chance of up see the, or um, upending the Packers for taking a division? No. This is the Packers division. Like, put a percentage on it. Like, 100% Packers win it? 
if Rodgers plays all 17 games, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm 99% because anything too. can happen. I'm there too. But it, it, I mean, if, hey, if Rodgers breaks his collarbone again, yeah, then you don't you don't have faith in Jordan Love. No, I mean, <laughs> I've, we've seen him play one meaningful one football game. Yeah, and people forget that he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. He did. I, I mean, I'm a Jordan Love truther here. But the thing that scares me is like reading reports that like Jordan Love is like missing out routes by ten yards in practice. Hmm. That's the stuff that I read that scares me. And maybe it's just Rogers propaganda, like Rogers truthers out there. Yeah. That stuff's the stuff that scares me. This the fact that the Packers were not willing to move on from Rogers this year scares me. Because if Jordan Love was the guy, they had no problem moving on from Favre. They would have moved on from him if Rogers said trade me. That was the deal. But he did last year. And said all they did this year was up him to $51 million a no, year. No, they, they said, you play it out, and if in February you still feel like you want out, we will trade you. And Rodgers did not want to be traded, even though he knew Devontae Adams was not coming But then back. why'd they give him 51 50? for the next three years? Ego thing, man. Because Rodgers wants to – he has that ego. I know, but that's my point. Like, if you can – look at where the league's going. If you can have a quarterback making $6 million a year who's – even 90% is good, that's the route the league is going. The Green Bay philosophy, though, is always be good, never be great. Well, that's because they want – Always have a chance. Always that get re- a, revenue. Get a home playoff game. Yes. Get that home playoff game. Yes. They want the revenue. Yeah. So they're okay winning 10 games a year and always being, like, in the conversation. Uh, they're never going to go all in, like, hey, we'll trade you two firsts for Mike Evans or whatever. Like, they're not – they're never doing that. Hmm. Um they almost pulled the trigger on that Khalil Mack trade, you know, what, five years ago now, four years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, that was the closest they came. But uh, good thing they didn't do that. Good thing they didn't do it. Yeah. Although that first year, oh, yeah. they, yeah. they might have won a Super Bowl with yeah. Khalil Mack. Yeah. Because his first year in Chicago, he was a problem. Yeah. And that defense desperately could have used a problem maker like him. Yes. To go along with that offense, they might have won a Super Bowl with Khalil Mack. I, oh, man. I'm trying to think back. They Don't get me wrong. They'd be in, they would be. They would have been in cap hell. Like, how do you extend Bakhtiari? How do you extend some of these other guys that they've been able to extend? Like, they yeah. would have. That had was some a one major year, problems. That would have been a one year thing. But the Rams have no problem doing that. Mm, yeah. Tampa did it for two years. True. Tampa was gonna. Tom Tom left because Tampa wasn't gonna go all in again, and then he kind of forced him to, with the whole retirement thing. If um. If Tom Brady would have stayed retired, you would have watched Tampa. It would have been the Tampa Bay fire sale. Oh yeah, and no that would have gone back. back. And that would have gone. Godwin back to was a, not resigning. Yeah, that would have been back to a four-win team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bruce Arians saw the writing on the wall there too. You think so? Oh, he's getting older. I think Tom forced him out, man. Maybe. That's a conversation for when we get to the yeah. uh, the NFC All right. South. Let's get back to <laughs> Minnesota. So, yeah, I think they win nine, ten games. <clears throat> I think they sneak into the playoffs. I think that's about as far as they go. They're not going to win a playoff game. Seven seed? Six, seven seed, yeah, that's okay. about right. All right. And you're playing the two or three seed and probably – Getting your face beat in? Okay. Like Tampa versus Minnesota, 30 to 13? On, on the road. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that's probably a good year. Dalvin Cook, top five fantasy running back. Yeah, that guy's phenomenal. And Justin Jefferson, top five. I mean, you could have two top 
yeah. fantasy players on this offense. Yeah. Uh, what well, last thought on Vikings? Well, do you think this is Adam Thielen's last year? Yes. Like retiring? Ooh. Is he, uh, is he that old? I think he's like 33 now, man. And, I mean, he's not like the most athletic. He's 31. Guy. 31. This is, uh, he's signed through 31, 2024. Is when you start seeing wide receivers start going down the tank, man. If he gets cut after this year, the Vikings carry a $13.5 million dead cap hit. Do they save any money by getting rid of him or retiring? Uh, yes, $6.4 million. Yeah, and if they that. do it after June 1st, it's 13.4. Yeah, man, uh, I think he might be done after this year, depending mm. on how it goes. But I think it's definitely in the cards that this could be Adam Thielen's last year. Um, Phenomenal career, though, yeah. being undrafted, playing He's this long in the NFL. Too. Yeah. Dude, last year he had a nice stat year. I mean, his yards were down seven. 126, but still had 10 touchdowns. I mean, the last two years he's put up. Well, because he's their red, throne, red zone threat. I mean. Jefferson's the the home run hitter. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's the wide receiver one, the home run hitter. But when you get down to, like, you know, first and goal from the eighth, he's looking for Thielen. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll have the he'll have the touchdowns, but he's 700 yards. I mean. That's dropping. I mean, he had 925 the year before. Yeah, but he had phenomenal touchdown <laughs> production the year before that. 17, too. 18, he had 1,200 and 1,300 yards. Yeah. Hmm. I don't. I don't think he retires. Do I? It'll be interesting. More interesting. Do the Vikings move on? Yeah. I don't think he retires. Plus, he would be walking away from thirteen million dollars in cash next year. Mm. Yeah, I that's a. That's to see a, how his body feels, but that's a nice little deal there if you can get it. Yeah. All right. Do you want to do the Bears or the Lions? Ooh. Fake coin flip. <laughs> Lions. Let's go Lions. Who has a better record, Bears or Lions? Lions. I think so, too. I think the Bears are like a four-win team. Maybe. Maybe if that. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I know you wanted to start with the Lions, but I'm going to switch gears here. Fine. The Bears win three games. They are now pick number three in the draft. Are they drafting Justin Fields' replacement? No. No, yeah, no, You don't no, think no, so? No, 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 no. I think you take that Will Anderson kid. If you can get him. You you get your star pass rusher. <sighs> Man. It Okay, let me preface this. It, it, I'm not a Justin Fields fan, but what, he's going into year two. They've he, done nothing to help you've him. You've done nothing to help him. You have no idea what he can even be. Um, athletically, he's a physical specimen. Um, you're not helping him out with your coaching choice. Matt Eberflus is a defensive guy. Um, you got Luke Getze now. Luke Getze. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, you, you got no weapons. You got nothing surrounding him. So I I would give Justin Fields his rookie contract. I'm not moving off of him until you get him weapons and see what he can do. Like uh, these other teams, like the, the Zach Wilsons, the Tua's, their teams are loading up on weapons, and and uh, even Jalen Hurts. They're loading up on weapons. Um, they're giving them like a, a prove it year. Mm-hmm. You can't say the same for Justin Fields. Maybe not even you know in twenty twenty three. You got to let the kid have a shot. Um, maybe you draft 
you know, Will Anderson, maybe you draft, uh, what's that kid's name? Uh, maybe, maybe you, you know, your top 10, you get Jordan Addison, maybe, uh, thing is if you're drafting at three, can't take wide receiver there. No, but if you're drafting at three, you can always trade back because someone's going to trade up for the one of those quarterbacks or draft a left tackle. So you're not rolling Jason Peters facts. out there. Yeah, man. Big facts. You, you got to protect your investment. And, mm-hmm. Oh man. I don't know. I think the bears definitely my candidate to be a top five pick. Yes. Um, I, as a Packers fan, don't want them to see them see them succeed, but they got to at least help Justin Fields out a little bit. And I would probably start offensive line and maybe um, then move to wide receiver. Like you said, maybe the left tackle is definitely a, a bigger priority than a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, they drafted Velas Jones, wide Not receiver great. from Tennessee. He's 25 already. He's older than Justin Fields. Yeah. He's older than Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just—it's <laughs> not great. Man. It's not. I mean, but you need guys who can play now, right? He can step in. He wasn't a great receiver in college. He was a phenomenal return man, I which think he's is just fast. Yeah, they just need help so much, and they're another team. So their defense is aging badly. They drafted Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. Yeah. Two kids that I think can come in and help right away, but like, I don't know who they're going to stop, and I certainly don't know how they're going to score points. Like, I'm not touching any of their players on offense and fantasy. No, not at all. Maybe Montgomery. But, but like, their offensive line is going to be terrible. And Montgomery wasn't a home run hitter to begin with. He's a guy who's going to get you four yards in a cloud of dust. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Tariq Cullen? It's like a class. He reminds me of like Devin Hester. Yeah, he's kind of like a gadgety type guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God, like a, we're really grasping at straws here for a weapon for that. Uh, I just looked it up. I had to just confirm this in my head real quick. Uh, Byron Pringle. They tried to sign him. He already got arrested in Florida for a reckless driving. So good for him. All their <laughs> what other weapon bites the dust? They brought in a ton of guys as undrafted free agents. Maybe they find a, you know, a diamond in the rough there. Equinemius? Yeah, he's down there. <laughs> but again, like, he was like a nice fourth option on the Packers. Yeah. If if you're expecting him to come in and be wide receiver two, I'm sorry. You think Cole Komet can make a leap at tight end? I think he's going to have to. I think he's going to get a ton of targets. I think so, too. Young quarterbacks like tight ends. Yeah. He's a good one. Yeah. So could he could he get 10 targets a game? He might. Probably. Him and Mooney are going to have to carry that offense. Hopefully for them, you know, Montgomery stays healthy. But, yeah, I think it's going to be – do you think he'd make a, make a top 10 tight end appearance in fantasy? Komet? Yes. I think so, too. He's going to get a lot of targets, like mm-hmm. you said. Uh It'd be interesting to see if they can score enough points to get him like red zone looks. Yeah, can they move the ball? Yeah, because he's another guy who's not going to like bust the top off the defense on a seam route. Exactly. He's going to be a red zone target type guy. Yeah. All right, back to the Lions. Oh, let's just stick with the Bears. Just let's run through the oh, defense. Oh, okay. You like that they traded Khalil McAway? I do. I do. It was time, 
And, you know, people were kind of ragging on him because they gave up two firsts and they got, what, two seconds for him? That was four years ago. Yeah. Cleo Mack ain't what he was four years ago. Nope. And you don't want that cap hit on a team that's not going to compete. Yeah. So I like what they did. Now you got to turn those picks into something. And second round this year, they got Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. And remember, they didn't have a first-round pick because of the Fields pick last year. Mm-hmm. So if Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker are serviceable starters, great trade. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to pay a guy $25 million a year to get you eight sacks on a team that's going to win four games. Yeah, definitely uh, definitely a good trade for them. you got to start the rebuild at some point. Maybe a second-round pick is a little low in value just because pass rushers are regarded so highly in the league. Um, but It's I more mean, the cap savings. and they're, Yeah, they're, it's, you're basically dealing with the cap savings. And you're taking on a huge dead cap this year. But again, now's the year to do it. Like, yeah, take you need lumps. to start taking your lumps and accumulating draft picks as much as possible, and hopefully you hit on 70% of them and yeah. start the rebuild. Yeah, I agree. And then wait for Aaron Rodgers to retire. Um, the other receiver I was thinking this this draft besides Jordan Addison was that uh, Jackson, uh, like he's like JNA, Jackson some, uh, and Jigba. And Jigba, the kid from Ohio State. Yes. I was uh, watch or reading – a Twitter take on him that they're not as high on him as they were Olave and Wilson. Oh, I heard of the exact opposite. Uh, that's, uh, well, we'll find out. Right, yeah. got a whole other year at Ohio they said State. That guy's the best one. Um, he put up 300 yards in the Rose Bowl. Well, that was a 55 to 52 game. 300 yards is I know is is impressive. They were chucking the ball around. That was a fun game to watch. Yeah, and you know what? Utah had like a top ten FBS yes. defense. Yeah, Ohio State was just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch this. CJ Shroud. Yeah, you know. and we we don't even have our top two weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was reading something like he doesn't have what he has that the other guys didn't is like body control. Like yeah, he's that type of receiver, but he doesn't have the separation that Olave had. And he doesn't have the pure athleticism that Wilson had. Is what this one okay. guy's take was. We'll f- we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, can't wait. That wide receiver core is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, wide receiver, you man. Th- they are. Yeah. Like, they are th- between them and maybe Alabama. Oh yeah, you're right. Alabama and uh, Ohio State. Yeah. Those two are just manufacturing wide receivers for the league. I think I think Jackson would probably be the best one out of the Alave, Garrett Wilson, and um, and Jigba. I forget his last name. Too hard to pronounce for me. In, in Jabu Smith? Is that what it is? I don't know. I'm going to look it up while we're talking. Um, I think he might be the best one. His Definitely his draft stock right now is like top seven pick. Um, if you can pair him with, with Justin Fields, maybe you get some cooking there. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. In Jigba. Yeah, there we go. JSN. JSN. Yeah, I can't wait to see his how his season unfolds and what his combine measurables look like. It'll be pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. Anything else on the Bears? I feel bad for Roquan Smith. Another guy. Trade him. <laughs> Trade him. They haven't paid him yet. I don't think so. Trade him. I mean, I know he's still on his rookie deal and he's a young player, probably a player you want to build your defense around, but if you can get a first for him, two firsts, Two firsts. If you if someone offers you, if someone offers you two firsts, you you take it and you run away. 
they just need so much help. Like if you can turn one player into two. Yeah. Especially two like first round type talents. Heck yeah, man. I don't think that's an offer on the table, especially for like a middle linebacker position. But man, I just feel bad for Roquan. He's obviously like a star player for them, but there's just nothing around there and they're not winning anytime soon. You're looking at 2023 at the earliest for him to even like start to compete to win games. And He's going into his fifth year too, so if you're going to pay him, it's going to be this next year. Yeah. So is he due for uh, an extension this summer? He's he was due for an extension after last year. Oof. He finished his fourth year. 2022 will be his fifth year. He'll oh, be playing man. on his extension. He's been on second team All Pro the last two years. I love Roquan Smith. I loved him coming out of college. Yeah, Georgia you get, defense. You don't man. think you could get two firsts for someone like that? For a middle linebacker, no. Middle linebackers aren't worth two firsts. An edge rusher, uh, corner. Um, I mean, th- like Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill couldn't get two firsts. The thing with Roquan though is he's a good. He's good, at pass he's good in pass coverage. He's a top three middle linebacker. He had seven pass deflections in twenty twenty. Yeah, you got like Fred Warner, and I'd say like Roquan Smith, probably top middle linebackers. Fred Warner got paid. Got like ninety million, man. I mean, that's a nice little chunk mm-hmm. of change. Get your bread, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I just. It's only twenty-five. Roquan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. He's just entering his prime of his career. God, I feel bad for him. I, I wish he could be on a different team besides the Bears. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anything else in Chicago? Nah, they're terrible. That's a desolate wasteland. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. have like to do a better organization. <laughs> have you seen that movie uh, with uh, Matt Damon? Thing like with like the Elysium space station overhead. It was like a, it's just like a it's like a junkyard. Like Earth's like a junkyard, and Matt Damon's like trying to avoid like this like space like space station ab- above his head, <laughs> and uh, it's just my mind of like just basically like a. Chicago is like a desolate wasteland junkyard of just misfit toys. Speaking there. of junkyards, are they getting out of um, Soldier? Soldier. Are they moving to Arlington Heights? I think that's the word on the street. They got to. That's just the place is a dump. And the field turf is terrible. And it's in a bad part of the city. Mm. Like if you look at what these other organizations are doing, Green Bay, all these new stadiums that are building entertainment districts around your stadium. If you can get away with that, you got to do it. And you yeah. can't do that in the heart of Chicago. Yeah. So getting out to the suburbs makes a ton of sense. For sure. <sighs> okay. Detroit. Back to our Lions. What's an over-under win projection in May? Six? Seven? They six and a half. What do you go? Over-under. I'm still going to go under that. I'm going to take the under two. I'm going to go six. Yeah, and I like Campbell. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a player's coach. Um, I think they have a Jared Goff problem. I'm not a fan of Jared Goff, but I don't think he's complete trash. I think he's a serviceable quarterback. I thought they had a nice draft. I thought they had a real nice draft. I love their draft. you got Aiden. you got probably the – Maybe the best pass rusher. And maybe the best wide receiver. And maybe the best wide receiver. When healthy. Yeah. I just need to look some up real quick. So they got – this is their opponents. We don't know the, the exact schedule, but this is their opponents. Commanders, winnable. Chicago twice, winnable. 
Dallas, probably a loss. Green Bay, twice, loss. Minnesota's loss. Buffalo, loss. Miami, probably loss. But you get Carolina, Jacksonville, Seattle, and two Chicago dates. And the Commanders. All winnable. Yeah, that's six games, though. That's what we're, I mean, that could be the six. I mean, mm-hmm. they uh, NFL teams, like any given Sunday, they might – oh, they have the Jets on there if you're not a Jets fan. Um, New England? Mm, probably not. You don't think they're better than New England? No. All right. Um, they could always uh, – Philly? No. Yeah, I think Philly's good. Um, they could always rise up and beat, you know, like a – I mean, they beat Green Bay in week 18. They beat Arizona this year. That's right. <laughs> so they could always, you know, clip someone by the ankles there. But I think they definitely have six winnable games on their schedule. Do you think Jamison's ready week one? No. Do you think they hold him out till he's I healthy? think they're going to be extremely careful with him. I hope they are. I think they know. Look, not our year. Get healthy. Take your time. If you're ready by November 1st, I think as long as he sees the field this year, it's a win in their eyes. You think as long as, like, like a week 16 appearance is a win? I think they would like him to probably play the second half. I think by November 1st, they'd like him to play. Like, okay. if he can get six, seven games under his belt. Okay. That can get behind. Yeah. But if it's like, like Christmas and they're like, hey, I don't JMO, think, you got to suit up. But I mean, training camp starts in two months. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be rushing him to get back for camp. I would not rush him. I mean, you're not going anywhere this year. Uh, why, why would you rush him and then potentially injure him in the same knee again? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say play it safe. Um, I would wait until like Thanksgiving even. Yeah. Get four games under your belt. Yeah. Get a taste of the NFL. Yeah. Go into a strong off season camp. Yeah. You think Amon or St. Brown's the, the real deal? He had a nice year last year. Came on strong at the end of the year. Yeah, he did. And I think if Jamison Williams is able to get to the field, it makes him better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he brings that deep threat, and then Amonra can be more of a slot type guy. Which is probably his niche. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't have, like, the, the uh, most speed. In the I world. really like Hawkinson. Yeah, he's kind of a baby kittle, hey? Mm-hmm. A little Iowa product. Yep. I really like Hawkinson. Um, Who's better? Hawkinson or Noah Fant? They came up together. Iowa boys. I think Fant has a higher upside. Me too. But I think Hawkinson's probably the better player. More complete today. tight end? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a better blocker. But Fant's only going into his third year. They're the same. They were. They both uh, – I thought they I thought they were the same. Oh, no. No, Fant's a year behind. Year him, behind. Okay. Yeah, I know they played at Iowa together. Yeah. Okay. Because that's why I was surprised to see Denver include him in the Russell Wilson trade. Yeah, they got Albert O. That is pretty athletic, so maybe they, they think that he can kind of do some same production or similar production as Noah Fant. I mean, you're getting Russell Wilson, so if if they say it's Noah Fant or bust, you're doing <laughs> Noah Fant. Yeah, sorry. No. <laughs> I, I always thought it was funny, like, when that trade came through, Noah Fant was, like, probably saw the reports, like, Russell Wilson to Denver. He's like, yes. And then, like, 15 minutes later, like, Noah Fant in deal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Now I got Drew Locke again. <laughs> I'm still going with Drew Locke. Still going to be my roommate. Damn. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I like what Detroit's got. I mean, they still have a ton of holes. Like you said, they got six or seven winnable games. They'll probably knock off a team or two that they shouldn't beat. Yeah. And they'll probably lose to a team or two they shouldn't beat. So yeah. I think like six, seven wins is probably 
perfect, and they're probably drafting Goff's replacement next year. Yeah, that franchise really is desperate for any sort of life. I mean, they've been struggling for what at least our entire lives. They've so never been to a Super Bowl. Never been to a Super Bowl, and like the thirty years I've been alive, they've never really been good outside of like one Matt Stafford year. Um, they wasted Barry Sanders. They wasted Calvin Johnson. That's the problem with them. And their franchise is both those guys retired at the peak of their career. They were 30. But they were both. They're phenomenal. Phenomenal and could still play. I know, but they had nine years to do something with them when they just didn't. Well, right. So if you're them and if you're Kelvin Johnson, you got to be thinking, like, screw it. I got my health. Time to walk away. Yeah. Like if those franchises were competitive and you have a chance to win a Super Bowl, they're playing. Yeah. Yeah. But, God. I just loved Calvin Johnson so much. He was a phenomenal talent to watch. I just wish he could have, like, instead of just retiring, but, like, demanded a trade or something. He's an, he's a good guy, though. Yeah. And I think he did like Detroit. Same yeah. with Barry Sanders. Yeah. Like, if Barry Sanders didn't retire early, like, Emmett Smith does not have the all-time rushing record. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, like, it's Barry. I just watched Tony Dungy post something on his Twitter. It was like the craziest eight-yard run you'll ever see in your life. Like, he had zero offensive line help. He's making three guys miss in the backfield and then gets eight yards. It's like he was amazing. If you got time, just turn on some Barry Sanders highlights and be amazed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what what Reggie Bush in college at USC reminded me of what uh, Barry Sanders was in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Like, can make, like, you know, your entire defense by himself just miss. Like he could just juke you. He'd run forty yards, gain eight, but it was a phenomenal eight-yard run. Yeah, amazing. Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago. Yeah, I agree. There. We agree there. Yeah. Um, Do you agree with the Matt Stafford trade, or would you have traded like hindsight? Two firsts for Matt Stafford, or do you keep Matt Stafford? You trade Matt Stafford, but in hindsight, should have been more. Oh, yeah. I mean, Super Bowl winner. I mean, that's easy to say now. Yeah. But you look at, like, Russell Wilson going for three firsts, uh, Sean Watson going for what he went for, like maybe two firsts and a second. I think you got to turn that into three. You think they they, uh, undersold? Yeah. And, again, hindsight, right? Yeah. He he won them a Super Bowl year one. I think Matt Stafford, I think everyone knew he had, like, top ten arm talent, but his – pedigree around the league of like accolades it wasn't there like the russell wilson's the deshaun watson's you know i think that played a little bit into it but he now has the same amount of super bowls as aaron Rodgers does and he played 12 years in detroit oh my god that's such a bad <laughs> it was a bad taste in your mouth mm-hmm. need some listerine after that one. <laughs> oh my god is last question here and then we'll wrap things up is the NFC North the worst division in the NFC? In the NFC. I would say the NFL. No, I think they're still better than the AFC South. And potentially. Top, top to bottom, no. Because you, let me, do you think because Tennessee and India are better than Green Bay and Minnesota at the top? Yeah, yeah. But I th- do you I, think do you think the Lions and the Bears are better than We have different perspectives on Minnesota. I don't think they're a playoff team and you do. 
I think Tennessee and the Indy could both potentially be playoff teams. I know how stacked the AFC is, like with the quarterback situation, but AFC West, they're all going to kill themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you got the Buffalo. A- yeah, the AFC North, the AFC East, they're and the all, AFC yeah. West are all better than the AFC North. Yeah. I don't know about the AFC South. That's the one that I don't know. Is Matt Ryan going to take the Colts to a playoff? I think he very well could. As like a seven seed? Yeah. So then... I mean, Carson Wentz almost did. He does if they beat Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Um, is Tennessee still a 12-win team? I think they take a giant step back this year. Giant? I mean, no A.J. Brown. But they didn't Tannehill's going to be pissy. They didn't have Derrick Henry for 10 games last year, whatever it was. He broke his foot. I mean... True. They also lost Roger Saffold on that offensive line. I mean, I don't think... I think the way Derrick Henry runs, and the un, he just cannot be tackled. Uh, I don't know if that's that big of a loss. I would not be shocked if they take, and by giant step, I mean eight, nine wins. Okay. The Colts might win that division, but they might win that division with 10 wins. Yeah. Packers might win with 10 wins. No. The Packers are getting 12 wins easy. All right. We'll see. I mean, I think so. I think they're 12 wins, but I wouldn't bet the house on 12 wins. I think in the NFC they could be a 13-14 win team. I think so too. But I could also I think they at least I think the floor for them is 10, ceiling is 14. Yeah. But you're saying they're going to the ceiling. They could, yeah. I mean they could, but the the rest of the AFC South Jacksonville is still years away. And Houston is still years away. Jacksonville paid. They just pumped money into their team to win 6-7 games. A bunch of above average players who got superstar money yeah they paid the jacksonville jaguars tax yeah okay do you think dan cam was a long-term coach and for the lions he should be you think so i think he is a good head coach think about as long as he has the right coordinators with him like he's not an x's and o's guy he's not like he's not he's not your matt lafleur he's not your sean mcveighs but i think as a leader he can do very well. Players love him. And as long as he's got the coordinators beneath him who can do those things, I think he can be successful. The problem is when you take a job with the Lions or yeah. like what Doug Peterson's doing in Jacksonville, like you get three years. Yeah. And if you're not winning nine games in three years, you're probably done. I was going to say, if he doesn't like win, like if – if he's not even 500 after three years and he keeps saying like these weird motivational speeches, you know, you're going to rip guys knees off. Like it's going to get old. Like you're dealing with grown men at this point. Like, you know, that message is going to fall on deaf ears eventually. I just think last year they showed flashes. They were competitive. Yeah. Like even though they didn't win a lot of games, they were in almost every game. They Best get worst blown team out. in the league. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. So as long as they continue to progress, I think he'll be fine. Again, He's not your new age head coach like the Lafleurs, like the Shanahan's, like the McVeighs. That's not him. No, but as agree. long as he gets people beneath him who are like that, I think he can succeed. I agree. Um, the problem is time. You don't get a lot of time. So they need to hit on these draft picks. They need to find Goff's replacement after this year. Yeah. And then they need to have a good 2023 draft. Yeah. Otherwise, he's probably done. Yeah. Um, their new GM, Brad Holmes, I really like him. Yeah, he did. He, he, I mean, he had a great draft. Did a great draft that he executed those trades greatly. I think the Lions will be better. 
them, like the Jets, I think are trending up. For teams that have been at the bottom of the league forever, those two teams, I think, are trending upwards. Uh, fast forwarding 12 months from now, uh, say they win like six, seven games or whatever, they're still like a top, like fringe top 10 pick. Would you throw all your eggs in the basket, whatever first round picks you got to do to go get one of these quarterbacks, the CJ Strouds? What will be interesting is by the time we get to November next year, is this draft class actually as deep as people say it is? I mean, if you remember this year, Carson Strong was going to be number one. Sam Howell was going to be a top five pick. All these guys slid real far. If Stroud is as advertised, if Young's as advertised, who's that kid? Is he from Kentucky? Will Levis from Kentucky. Yeah. um, Uh, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. Yeah. I mean, if these guys are what they're advertised as now, I don't think you have to. Like, if you win six games and you're picking at six seven eight it, yeah you pick it at eight i mean i don't know if you i don't know if they uh it could be a you could have a lawrence wilson lance scenario where they all go one two three you could i i you'll have to see how the draft board falls right if jacksonville picks number one overall again are they going to pick trevor lawrence's replacement true i mean you got to see who's ahead of you what if it's like seattle i was like say seattle, seattle atlanta atlanta yeah what if, I mean, what if you have Carolina? A, yeah, you could have. You, you, I think next year is going to be an arms race for like how it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be an arms race for that top top of the board positioning for these quarterbacks. And if you have to move up like two spots, then hopefully you can do it without mortgaging your future. You got the extra Rams pick. You do. You do have the extra Rams pick. I, I think you have to try and get your guy next year though i agree that coach will be going into his third year gm will be going into his third year yeah it's and, and now you're starting moves. over with a rookie yeah and that's like the trump card of the nfl man get that rookie contract you and know, hope it pays out buys you a little more job security for five years too mm-hmm. not a bad deal yeah all right i want to get back to this nfc north so you yeah. think the afc every division in the afc is better yeah what about the nfc south i think the east is better because I, th- I think I Dallas, think, Philly, and Washington are better than, as a whole, are yeah. better than yes. the top three in the NFC North. The West? The West is better, by better far. Better, by far. What about the South? I think Tampa is better than Green Bay. Is New Orleans New better Orleans than Minnesota? Minnesota? Yeah. But Carolina and Atlanta could be the two worst teams in the league. Carolina, yeah, but you could... Uh, the Bears are one of the worst teams in the league. So if you're sure. really if if this is coming down to I who's better, the, Carolina or <laughs> or the or Detroit, I mean really <laughs> grasp that straws here, man. Yeah. So I'm going Brady over Rogers, Tampa over Green Bay here. Uh and that's really so come okay, on. Okay. I mean, come on, dude. I, I know I said this was the last uh the last question, but now we're getting into this. <laughs> Deep dive into this. What seed is Green Bay in the playoffs? If they win 12 games, three seed? They're going to be like a two or three seed. It's going to be Tampa, L.A., and Green Bay. But I don't know how you pick Green Bay over Tampa right now. Like going into it, you know, May 8th, whatever it is today. You Interesting. Got Bra- are, you, are you taking Rodgers over Brady? No. 
I'm taking Green. I'm not taking Rodgers over Brady. But I'm taking Green Bay over Tampa. Okay, well, I'm just like let's just go through it real quick. Brady over Rodgers. Brady. Brady. Okay. Um, wide receivers. Tampa. Mike Evans. Yeah. Tight ends. Potentially Gronk. Gronk ain't coming back. Okay. Cameron Brait. You don't think Gronk? Okay, that's a discussion for another day. But um, um, so you got Cameron Braid, OJ Howard's gone. He's in he's, Buffalo. He's, he's in Buffalo. Yeah, Tanya's coming off ACL. I say it's a wash. Yeah. All right, offensive line. Green Bay. Green Bay. You don't like Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Moff, Jensen, Maffitt or whatever. I know you got Shaq. Ellie Marpet retired. Marpet, but you got, yeah. Yeah, but you got you know you have two All Pros. You got Wirfs, Jensen. Bakhtiari is going to be healthy. Okay. Top left tackle in the Elton league. Elton Jenkins, two all pros. Elton Jenkins. Okay. I think Sean Ryan's going to step in and start. Okay. Like the Packers schematically, just they always will have a good offensive line. I would say they're about even. All right. I'm giving you the Packers. Two, you, you both got two all pros, and you got three guys that are serviceable. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Um, secondary. Running backs. Running backs? Green uh, Bay. Green Bay, by yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so right now we're basically on offense. It's we're leaning towards Brady. We're leaning towards wide receivers versus Green Bay's running backs. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, let's start with defensive line. You got Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett. Yeah, and I'm taking Tampa. Tampa. Okay. Uh, linebackers: Lamonte David, Devin White. I'm going to take Tampa, but I think that could change. I'm not saying I'm not with Campbell and um, yeah. Walker now. Yeah, but that I'm, could change. I'm not but, putting my eggs in my basket. But you got to know what's established, and yeah, the, yeah, they might have the they two are, best inside linebackers in the league. Yes, so I think you go Tampa at this point. Um, defensive backs, defensive Green Bay. backs, Green Bay. But I mean, there's more check marks on the side of Tampa than there's Green Bay right now. Weaker division, probably Green Bay. Green Bay, yeah. I haven't looked at Tampa's. But I'm saying if if they're if they're going head to head, if they're going head to head, I'm taking Tampa. I don't care if you're in Lambeau. I don't care if you're in Raymond James. I don't want to see Tom Brady in the playoffs ever again. Yeah, he will rip your heart out and eat it in front of you. <laughs> He's very good at that. And then stomp on it. I just think the Packers will finish with a better record. Okay, but I mean, who's the better team though? I'm, I'm talking about seeding in the playoffs. Okay, but I'm saying who's. <laughs> Who's the better team? I feel like we need to get on the same page with our arguments here. Yeah. So you're saying they're better, you know, better. I think the Packers have a very good shot of repeating as the number one seed in the playoffs. They do, but I think Tampa has equally as good a shot. They do. Brady also has to, right? What? Has Has to to what? not be an MVP at one point. He's 45 years old. He looks like he's 30. I know, man. So I I don't put anything past him. But maybe he took off for 10 weeks when he was retired. He just stopped eating avocado ice cream. And, and started eating strawberries. He started going to soccer practices and <laughs> parent teacher conferences. Yeah. Uh yeah. I doubt it. He's an animal. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I uh I, I you're never gonna convince me at this point in their careers and how they stacked up over the past ten years. Brady's taking over Rogers every time. Hmm. We'll see. Um and then you look you go down New Orleans versus uh what, the Vikings? Well, the, both number twos there. Yeah, I mean New Orleans is probably the better team. Why? Uh, yeah, New Orleans is a better team. Yeah. Um, you got Tyron Matthew there now. Maybe Jameis Winston plays the whole year. And you watching Jameis work out? Oh, dude, man, <laughs> I, I mean, guy's gonna be an all pro. Those are some intri- interesting workouts to say the least. 
to say the least. Yeah. But he's a guy that'll get you 30 for 30. 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, if he plays like he did start the year last year, New Orleans will be just fine. Yeah, but I think that was kind of the Sean Payton thing. We'll see what happens with Dennis Allen. Yeah, that's a big question mark, isn't it? Yeah. But, okay. Well, time will tell. The good news is it's May, so we can bicker about this for another three mo- four months before we play meaningful football. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you all next week. Later. Later.